Yes, Father God, we know. We know that you are with us in this war. We thank you, Father God, for giving us great victory in it. We thank you, Lord, that you already have won the victory because you defeated the enemy through your death and through your resurrection. Father, and I thank you that you've promised us eternal life. And now I ask that you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to receive the revelation of your truth, the hope that is in that truth, the power of your word, the power of the Holy Spirit, and also an urgency, a recognizing that this is the hour. These are the hours to which you have appointed and called us, Lord, and that we would walk uh, according to the kingdom of God and the purposes of God in these hours and not live our life unto ourselves, Father God, like Jesus. We'll lay down our lives if necessary and forego all of what we want to do what you want. I thank you for giving us strength and desire to do that. I thank you for giving us, uh, you said, power to bind, to loose, to forgive, to release and pray for even our, and bless even our enemies, love our enemies. You gave us that commandment to love one another. And I thank you, Lord God, that in this day that shines as a bright light in the midst of vast darkness. And so I thank you now for divine protection as well over all of us, that the angels of the Almighty God would be covered and stationed around us and in every assignment to which you've appointed us, whether it's to take territory, to take back lives, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, just to preach the gospel of truth, whatever it is, Lord God, that you would provide and protect and cover our families, bring healings, restorations, physical healing, mental, emotional restorations, protect all that pertains to us, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and the many who are listening today, for them and their families, divine coverings of protection, hope, encouragement, and the blessings of God upon you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about disruptions. Divine disruptions. Divine disruptions. Yeah. Uh, you know, and basically... A what dis- is that? A disruption means something that you kind of break things up. You break it apart. And there's a, something's going a certain way, and all of a sudden something happens where it, that's, that particular event or series of events is broken up, mm-hmm. and there's some else, actually something else new introduced yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how God does it. He doesn't just disrupt things. You know, mm-hmm. but he actually replaces for the sake of disrupting. But he replaces he replaces what is out of his order and puts it yeah. into his order. And it can be on a very you know personal scale mm-hmm. in our own lives, or it can be on a um, you know church wide scale, or, or it can be worldwide, you know, national, international mm-hmm. scale. And so, if when you look at the scriptures all the way through, we see God just doing a lot of disrupting. Well, you know, the the point is, and as you're saying this, you think of God had a plan in the beginning, and the plan is like a, a line or a path from, you know, the Garden of Eden back to heaven. It's a, it's a road. It's a path. It's a journey that we're on to get back to him. And, and what has happened is everywhere along the road, there's been detours and ambushments and, and you know, disruptions, and people go off in tangents and wrong directions, taking wrong roads, making wrong decisions. And so with his people, Israel, we see that too. He kept coming, you know, and, and God had to take, do some pretty drastic and sudden action 
to pull them back on course, so to speak. And so the disruptions of God are actually divine interventions. Right, and the really the disruptions of God are part of the playing out or the mm-hmm. of the, the war, the flow of the kingdom of God coming. And so we live. And it comes not without resistance. Not without resistance, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. yeah, right now the kingdoms of this world are are under the prince of the power of the air and struggling. However, to hold on, God is sovereign. He is over mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and His plan is going to be fulfilled. And even though. Even though the enemy brings disruptions too, uh, breaks things up, destroys, in, interrupts, you know yeah. everything from you know annoying to tragic. Uh, God is in the working with us and in us even through those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know the um, the disruptions of the enemy and the disruptions of God are 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 in the kind of the same place at the same time, yep. doing do the do, opposite yeah. things. Yeah. For example. You know, if someone was, um, you know, Satan w- had targeted somebody to try to kill him in a car crash, and so the crash occurs, but yet God is there mm-hmm. to deliver or and save. protect mm-hmm. and to save someone out of that. So well, I think, yeah, all of these things, I really think of it as divine intervention. And, you know, Satan has a plan, and he thinks he's in control, and he is temporarily the God of this world. And so he has a lot of minions, he has a lot of demons helping him and he also has a lot of humans helping him that are that have been you know some of them aren't even humans actually he's got his clones his is whatever he you know whatever he's made to serve him but he's also got a lot of humans who are being deceived by lies and and bribed blackmailed bullied and 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 they're 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 catering to the the lies that are set up as truth so in this now in this temporary situation evil becomes made to look good and good is looking evil and people are, have a hard time discerning. But if they would, they wouldn't really have a hard time discerning if they would know the word of God and they would just go with the truth because obviously there's very, it's very apparent that as you, you know, a little weed, you can't maybe tell what it is in the beginning when it's tiny and it's like a quarter inch high. But by the time it gets, grows up, you'll see, oh, that is not what I thought it was. And so as this, the evil progresses deeper and deeper, more maturing, you'll see how vile and the, the true roots of this thing. So, Yeah, it, you know, we're at a time now where God is disrupting things. I mean, it, it, just if you think, interrupting, as you read your Bible, just look at all the way through from Genesis to Revelation, God is disrupting things. He's shaking things up. He says in um, Haggai, the mm-hmm. Old Testament prophet Haggai says in uh, Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of nations, which is referring to the Messiah, Jesus. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So he's there's there's a rebuilding of the, of the temple right. here, but th- see, there, there's yeah. a shaking. You know, everything that can be shaken, it it's says in the book of up, Hebrews, yeah. will be shaken. So God is, is shaking up. And so there, there's disruptions in our lives that, that can be very hugely painful and tragic. Mm-hmm. But yet in the midst of this, mm-hmm. in the midst of this, at the same time, God is at work to bring healing and mm-hmm. redemption out of that Beauty. and his purposes. Mm-hmm. In other words, 
the dis- disruptions are part of his kingdom coming and his will, and, will and pa- being done and part on of the earth disruption. as it is in heaven. And part of that disruption, too, is destruction. He has got yeah. to cut off uh, the, the, the treacherous ways, the plans, the plots, those who carry out Satan's plans. God has got to stop this. And so, uh, like in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, of course, is crying out. He is the last prophet right before Judah. Now, there were two tribes, Israel and Judah, but Israel had already gone off into captivity to the Assyrians mm-hmm. and been scattered. But Judah had hung on a little longer to righteousness because they had a few more righteous kings who would every once in a while restore yeah. the temple and restore worship mm-hmm. and, and clean out the garbage and get out get out the Baal worshipers and the, and the priests that followed Baal, etc. So he's saying to them, he says, for your, for the, for your day has come. This is um, uh, chapter 50 of Jeremiah, verse 31. For your day has come, the time that I will punish you. The most proud shall stumble and fall, and no one shall rise again, raise him up. I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it will devour all around. Now this is, you could say, wow, this is contemporary. This is for right now. This is what God is doing and has, has, having to do because we have defiled the temple. The, the temple right now is not a building with bricks. The temple are the bodies and souls of mankind, mm-hmm. humans that have been defiled, you know, uh, exploited, uh, uh, traded, sold, sold into bodies. Slavery. And, and yeah. see how Revelation says that that the trafficking of Babylon, some of the merchandise, was the body and soul, bodies and souls of men, mm-hmm. and we see that's absolutely a prophetic fulfillment in our day in our today. Day. And yep. um, so then he says, "Thus says the Lord of Hosts," continuing on thirty-three, the children of Israel were oppressed. Along with the children of Judah, all who took them captive have held them fast. They have refused to let them go. Then verse 34, their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is his name. He will thoroughly plead their case that he may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. So he's saying, I'm your Redeemer. I'm coming after you. I'm going to trouble those who trouble you. I am going to um, plead your case and give you rest and go after your enemies. Yeah, he says in, in further on in, in the book of Haggai, uh, chapter 2, there's only two chapters. Um, he says in, in verse 21, I will shake heaven and earth and I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Wow. <laughs> I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms and I will overthrow the chariots of those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. So he's talking... But mm-hmm. he says, in that day, he says, I will take you, Zerubbabel, who was in charge of rebuilding the uh, temple, to be my servant, the son of Sheltiel, says the Lord, and I will make you a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. So there's that shaking and destruction of the kingdoms of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Revelation, I believe it's what chapter 11, he says, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and, and he, he shall, shall reign, reign forever, forever and, and ever. ever. So, but That's the end goal. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of all of this calamity and crisis and chaos and conflict. And it's like we're in this, this tumbler, this, you know, being, some are being polished and some are being broken, but the enemy has come to try to do his best. Here he says in 38 of Jeremiah, this is kind of interesting. Um, the drought is against her waters and they are they will be dried up for it is 51 50 50 okay, verse for 38. it is the land of carved images listen to this and they are insane with their idols 
I oh think boy. this is true. I think the insanity, the mental over the edge, you know, dropped off the face of common sense. Right. Uh, people are insane. They're, they're, you know, we've got words for that deranged, depraved, um, you know, out of control, possessed, all these kinds of taken over without con- their consciences have been seared. So, so yeah, in this place, I mean, there's a lot of things if you look at just policies and things that are happening, being said, being done by our, you know, leaders and, and well, it's educational the system it's, and it's so forth. It's always the leadership. And it's just, it's just, actually, you just look at it mm-hmm. with, a sound, with even somewhat of a sound mind. Yeah. It is just absolutely insane. Yeah. And, and, but it's, the, but it's the leaders that Satan targets. He picks them off. He bribes and, and deceives them. He um, blackmails them. And so the leaders then well, they, begin to lead the people in ways the people don't want to be led. Now the people, they're, they're still out there just, you know, they're like little sheep just munching away on the, on the, on the grass, munch, munch, munch. And they don't realize that the hi- the hireling shepherd has led them into a pack of wolves. And the shepherd is really not the shepherd he is a wolf in sheep's clothing and he's actually misled them into a pack of wolves and they're just trying to do their daily everything get my bills paid go to work you know put gas in the car what are we going to do this weekend they're just kind of like not paying attention and unless you look up look up and look around get your eyes off the ground and off your own little little life and look around and listen a little bit and you realize the danger that is upon us it's not that we're we're drifting into it it is really upon us. And so we now are going to look to the Lord for some of the disruptions. One of the disruptions I think he's going to bring, and I know we've got several things, I, but is, is a revival. Uh, and, and that, uh, I don't know if it's a revival or a, a big, you know, right. revelation. I, pro- I think it be better would be called a revelation, revelation to the people of what is, that this is a real world. There's a real war. There are two sides. There's only two kingdoms. There's not three. And that you and I have been, the, the devil has done his best to hoodwink us, capture us, and bind us in our absolute place of helplessness. But God, the Redeemer, lives. And he is raising up amongst and within and by himself, if you will, a standard of righteousness and power that no one has yet seen, I think, in the in the context and the, the amount or magnitude of what we're going to be seeing him do to raise up the, the righteous, to do those last days things that he said, greater works than these shall you do, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. I really believe that God's going to have to speak, uh, give one more final call, if you will, or maybe two, because I think the angels are going to give the very last call to, to the gospels, preach mm-hmm, the gospel. Mm-hmm. But we have time now. It's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to say, I can't do this anymore by myself. And by the way, why am I working so hard for meat that perishes? Why am I working so hard? I mean, you know, for, for, for what? For what? What, what is your eternal treasure in heaven? What's your, what's your destiny? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a shaking that has to come to make uh, people awake. Awake, yeah, and and maybe it's economics, maybe it's uh, just emotional things, maybe it's just the pain of kids that have gone astray or a horrible mm-hmm. divorce or some sickness mm-hmm. or disease or just fear that's being spread. I mean, fear, fear on every side. Yeah. You know, it talks about in in, in the, the prophets were describing what was going on with the people. Mm-hmm. They said fear on every side, yeah. and that's what that's what's going on here. But, you know, God is raising up people, though, 
uh, he's disrupting us to be disruptors. <laughs> you know, and well, th- you know, you said um, like fear on every side. How do we do? How how do we get back to the path? We if we're off the path, wandered off, or been beaten down, flattened, whatever it is. Here's what we need to do. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, the life." That's it's all in Jesus. It's all in the same man, God, man, Jesus Christ, hero, savior, rescuer, redeemer, um, victorious one, whatever you want to call him. He's all of those things and many more. But so when you have a problem, like Jerry's mentioning, you know, you have situations in your family, you have troubles, you have a pattern of disruption or sexual perversion or, or addiction or uh, abuse or whatever you want to, whatever those you're identifying. The first thing you need to do really is to confess your sin and the iniquity of your generations. That's what Leviticus says. Leviticus 26, 39 through 40. He says, if you will confess your iniquity and the iniquity of your fathers, which is with you, then I will restore the covenant. So the beginning turning back to God begins with us responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit to confess and repent. And you say, well, I didn't commit those sins. No, you didn't. It didn't say you have to repent for their sins. It says confess the, the sins of your fathers. So you're going back to saying, okay, yeah, we really did. Uh, we did practice idolatry. Yeah, we were worshiping ourselves. We were worshiping the, the fruit of our labors. We were worshiping uh, man fear, people pleasing, what other people thought. We were worshiping positions and money. We're, we're seeking after the things that perish. And we ask you, God, even in our bloodlines, we, we confess the violations and the crimes committed against us. So if you really want to change and get back on the path, you have to go back to where you went off the path, basically. And that's kind of, some of us been off this path for three, four, five, ten generations already, and we don't even know that they're, it's the wrong path. But God's Spirit is faithful. He knows the path, and Jesus is the way. And so begin by confessing, repenting, really humbling yourself and saying, God, I cannot do this. I'm going to give my daughter to you. I'm going to give my son to you. They are your problems because you are the one who created them. You're responsible for them, but I want to be co- cooperating with you. Yeah, exactly. And and you just think of the, um, the great uh, disruptions that God brings into our lives because you know, sometimes, you know, what we're talking about with these... He wants to get our attention. It gets our attention. You know, they used to say about the old Missouri mules back in the day that, you know, you have to hit them over the head with a two-by-four to get their attention sometimes. But God knows how to get our attention. Well, and, and, you know, he's not evil. He disrupts things. And if we're if we're just caught up in a, in a routine of just like we're saying about, you know, love, living, working, surviving, uh, family problems, all the other pro- work problems, uh, health issues Being and all overwhelmed. that stuff. But, you know, the Lord yeah. is wanting yeah. to just give us a, a revelation yeah. again I think what of, we need, of who he is. Yes. I think we need to sit down before the Holy Spirit and make a list of the ways the enemy has bound us. He may have bound you. Now, once you know you're off the path, you confess the sins, you repent for your own, churn, 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 change your mind, um, uh, then you want to, to begin to say, Lord, make a list. Where am I off the path? Okay, is, are my eating habits off the path? Am I, uh, am I in a course of destruction with needing all of these medications? Am I you know, off the path with the, the explosive anger or the narcissism or the way I treat other people? Or am I, I heart, am I hardened in my heart towards uh, not having compassion because 
actually having compassion takes work and you have to be involved and, and have it it's, takes energy it's, it's, a lot of people it gets messy too right exactly so make a list okay maybe it's in or maybe it's you know maybe you need to go back to the place where it's been broken and and ask the lord okay why is my family so you know devious why are they so broken why are they so you know a lot of times just one example that comes to my mind right now is a lot of times people split, they leave, they go to the farthest ends of the nation, literally they move far away when there's been sexual assaults in the family. They just want to get away from everything. So maybe your family's broken because of that. Um, that's just one, one tiny example. But we have to understand, God, please give me the truth. The truth will set me free. What is the truth I need to know about? And then fill in the blank for yourself. What is the truth I need to know about my health right now? About this thing that's that's working in my body, whether it's a, a cancer, a tumor, a, a, you know, an ache, a pain, whatever it is. Uh, what's the truth I need to know about why my cars keep breaking? What's the truth I need to know about my, my, my bank account is always in the red what's the what's what's the issue what's the lie that i am believing that gives satan the power to bring his demonic judgment upon me a lot of the times the lie is you're you're of agree, you've agreed with guilt who said you deserve to be punished you deserve pain you don't deserve good things so poverty comes or you are you are you're bad and so in the uh, physical diseases and autoimmune system gets screwed up you really don't have to live in all the trouble and problems that you're living in really a lot of those are not god testing you or trying to to teach you a lesson at all because God already knows everything from the foundation of the world. So why would he need to see how you're going to do or what's your faith, how you're going to do your faith or if you're going to be faithful to him? He already knows. Mm-hmm. He already knows all that. So I just think of the Old Testament prophets, you know, that came to the people and they said, okay, here's what you've done. You know, you, yeah. you, you've, you've gone They've, after other idols. Yes. You've offered your children as yes. sacrifices to so, Baal. And Moloch. Uh, and Moloch. Uh, so he, he pointed out to them where they were missing it, where they'd gotten off right. the road, where they'd stumbled in the ditch. And he also showed them the way back. He, you know, he gave the, a chance the, to confess, repent. Right, to, to repent and the way back. And so it's not That's just our a way matter, back. It's not just a matter of uh, works or just... No, you know, it's no more works. It's, the, the list. it's surrendering. It's just, it's just noticing mm-hmm. and observing where, where we missed it. And so sometimes mm-hmm. th- there's an awakening that comes. I, I just think of, you know... Uh, Saul of Tarsus mm-hmm. in Acts chapter eight. I mean, he's going around thinking he's doing the right thing. He's yeah. he's, he's just so devoted to God that he's got to go and so spiritually blind throw Christians into prison and kill them. Yeah, yeah. But then, the, so he, convinced he, he was the, right. Yeah, he, he met the Lord mm-hmm. on the way, or the Lord met him on the way to Damascus, where he was going to do some more of his dirty work, and there was just a personal powerful revelation well, of surrender. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. He said, Lord, what would you have me do? After he'd, he you know, knocked him down, he was blind for three days, wasn't eating, holed up in this place, and then God sent, uh, what was his name? Uh, Abigail? Ab- um, uh, yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, not Agabus. No. Um, to to, to uh, Ananias. A- thank you. Ananias. <laughs> to, uh, to heal him, to take the scales off his eyes. And then Paul began to just... After that, he he went quietly several away for a while, three years, I think, and and just kind of learned about the Lord, spent time with the Lord. And I believe that's when Jesus gave him all this revelation he got to write about in the epistles 
But, you know, so he had a knockdown, drag out encounter with God. It doesn't have to be that dramatic with us. It can be, you know, God can soften your heart and bring you back to the place of repentance and tears and recognition of well, the truth. Well, think of it, 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 those of you that are listening that know Jesus Christ, there was a disruption that came into your life. There was some kind of crisis. There was some kind of revelation that came to you that just you were going off course, you're going the wrong way, all of a sudden you realize, oh my. Mm-hmm. You know, the light went on and you realized, oh my goodness, where, what am I doing? Where am I going? And there was, uh, hopefully, there was in your life. A turnaround. A turnaround, mm-hmm. a repentance, a change of direction you know, for you. And so a lot of times this is this is how it happens. It seems like there has to be some kind of a, repentance. a, a crisis Mm-hmm. That comes, and, and this is then. W- then that's God's wake-up call, and He says, "Okay, mm-hmm. here I am. Come to me. I have a great and good purpose for you." That's now, the, yeah, the interesting thing right is in front of this you. process of, you know, sin and turning away from God and idolatry and uh, this. The Old Testament. That's all it basically is. They're historical parts of it, as people turning away, nations turning away. But now we also have, you know, and here, like in Haggai, He says, or Habakkuk, He says. Chapter 1, the um, verse 2, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Now we could say, yeah, we got that. Um, even cry out to you, violence. Yeah, violence we have. And you will, and you will not save. Then he, says, um, then he says, Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. Oh, boy, are we here today? For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. There we are. That was Habakkuk. That was way back then. And it's still there today. It's the same old demonic pattern recreated, regenerated again. And then the Lord's reply, God's reply is verse 6, 5. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told to you. And then he goes on to say at that point, he's bringing the Chaldeans, which are the Babylonians, against them um, to ravage and destroy. And, and of course, the destruction carrying them off into Babylon was not the end of them. It was the deliverance of them. It was the disruption that had to happen to, to break them free from the roots of the, the vile leadership that was not gonna change so they had a god had to pluck the plant up it's like it was so surrounded with weeds and and vile things that the only way you could save the plant was to uproot it and replant it in another place to save it and so that's what he's done but individually individually you you can't make other people you can't make the government you can't make the governor you can't make the president you can't make anybody else do you can't make them do anything but you have full control over what you just decide to do for yourself. Now, you may not have full control if you're under the control, influence, oppression of the enemy in certain areas of your life. And that's the first place you need to get some freedom. So if you've been chained, handcuffed into the strongholds of Satan in some area of your life, whether it's fear, doubt, unbelief, uh, feeling over anxiety, whatever it is, you ask the Lord to begin to set you free because you're locked in a stronghold and you're not going to do much of anything until you get out of that and you get your life back and then get the demons out of your life, whether they're in your mind and your heart uh, running the place or if they actually have control of certain areas of your body. You need to get those things taken care of so you can be a free man. 
You know, the Lord has called us to liberty, and he's called us in these days Mm -hmm. not to just live in some kind of uh, demonic rut, but to live with purpose and with power. Power, yeah. And and, think of it that the Lord has not just called you uh, to 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 be saved and sit on a church pew or sit on a comfortable seat in church and it's and time ju- to get up just kind yeah. of while uh-huh. you know just uh, bide your time yeah he's called you to go forth with power yes and and, yes. and uh, there there you have a calling you have a destiny you have a purpose that's that's wonderful and it's don't try to be like somebody else you've got a unique calling you can learn from other people but don't try to be like other people. Be who God has called you to be. He's gifted you. He's placed you Mm -hmm. in a very strategic position in your family, in your workplace, and where you live, your neighborhood. And you're there to be a light for his glory. And so just recognize that. You're not going to be a light, though, if you don't feed that light with oil. I mean, right. the, the lamp. So The Holy Spirit, the, the, the Word Holy of Spirit, God. Yes, and that means that really, I, I, when I work with people a lot, I'll ask them, do you read your Bible? Well, not really. Or once in a while. And that's why they're so anemic. And they're anemic Christians. They're emaciated. They're powerless. They're numb. They spend hours, you know, vegging, watching TV because they're so tired. They don't know what else to do. But if you spend more time watching pointless television and sitting before i mean if you're understand if you're watching a youtube for some understanding and learning and and preaching that's different but if you're just sitting there wasting your precious breath the breath god has given you just to get through the day what a tragedy and and so we can't you know ask the lord there's another lie passivity or hopelessness or exhaustion these are all other ways that satan binds us and we don't think of them as demonic but they are because if they're not from heaven, they're from hell. And exhaustion is not from heaven. And so ask the Lord to set you free from being exhausted and tired. And give you, but you must ask the Lord to show you how to get into the Word of God. People don't know how to read it. They're intimidated. They don't understand God. They think God's mad at them. That he's, you know, he's, he's, he's scolding all the time, lecturing all the time. And so they read it with these legalistic, religious spirit glasses of condemnation. And there's something, I'm, I'm in trouble Take them off, take off the glasses, and just simply read the words and start with the gospel. Start with Jesus. See what he did, how he handled people, what he said. Just listen, just read it. Don't read into it anything. Let the Holy Spirit show you. And, and, and then pray that the Holy Spirit will keep it in your mind and the Satan cannot snatch it from you. So that the reading the word becomes the constant meditation of your, of your every day all the time. You're, you're meditating, thinking about it. God's always there in the forefront, in the background, on both sides of you. He's just there. You're just aware all the time of what's really going on. That's the kind of life we have to have and be ever present, present in our own life so that it'll be something that God can use. If you're just you, you know, it's like a, a bad signal. You're in and out. You know, you, you maybe get four words out of the out of the conversation, and then you're you're you know, it's not working. It's it's scattered. It's it's uh, what's the word I'm thinking in of? Inter- interfered. There's interference. Yeah. So there there's that kind of disruptive. You know, if you have a bad connection with a whether it's a light bulb or a phone, a phone or anything yeah. you're just not going to be satisfied with what you're getting out of there so uh, get the yeah get stay connected get connected stay connected get the connected and if you stay can't connect yeah, and, and you're thinking and don't and don't wait for a church 
or a, a man or a preacher or somebody else to to hold your hand. They're just not out there right now. Some are specializing. Some are doing a great job. A few, maybe a handful um, in your world are maybe doing the right thing. But you have to feed yourself. You, you're not a baby anymore. Your mommy isn't going to feed you your, your pablum. You have to take the spoon. You have to peel the carrot. You have to do whatever yourself. You have to feed yourself the word of God. That means you sit down, whether the people in your family don't or do, you do it for yourself because you have to eat. And you'll find out all of a sudden God's Holy Spirit will start to speak to you and you'll get revelations and you'll, that'll start spurring you on to want more of the power of, of, of who God is and what's going on. It's, it's very energizing to know who God is, what he's doing, and not to be in the dark. Stop trying to avoid by staying in the dark. The dark is not helping you. Avoiding is not helping you. Trying to stay out of work, avoiding work is not helping you. Just get in and do what you need to do, and you won't spend all that energy wasting your time trying to not do what you're supposed to do. Does that yeah, make sense? You're right, and God, God disrupts your thinking with revelation. Amen. You know, and so what you need is not your own, not thinking your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts can be, you know, the enemy can inject thoughts into us. We're thinking the things that are off. And because God is saying, you know what, I want you to think like me. I want you to see me as I am. I want you to understand the way I am and what I have for you. And, and understand your, not only what you do, but understand your ways, yes. how you operate. Mm-hmm. God, and the, God wants to give you his secrets, mm-hmm. his secrets that, that are, will just explode in your heart as a revelation that will be life-transforming for you and for the people around you. Yes, and so Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your scripture. We help, thank you for giving us understanding in the word of God to be able to rightly divide it, Lord God, to, that it will give us nourishment and the revelation will give us strength and we'll be able to be an encouragement and a light to other people because we know ultimately you prevail, you win, your truth wins. We want to be on the winning side. We want to be victorious. So Father, now in Jesus' name, we ask that you would comfort us with inspiring us, energizing, anointing us to pursue you. Give us, we, we lose, pour down on each one listening the revelation of your love and truth, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And tell us a little bit about Life Recovery and uh, mm. a couple of the resources well, that we have over there. Yeah, Life Recovery is um, full of uh, resources, actually, books, manuals, CDs, MP3s, the audio drama of God on Trial. Um, there's a lot of, actually, MP3s out there that are very good. Um, one is called Walking in the Spirit. One is that that's helping us to learn how to walk in the Spirit, discern between um, what, you know, because that's a big problem these days too with deception, divination. Mm-hmm. To walk in the Spirit, know the, the Spirit of God. There's another one called Knowing, which I have not talked about. Knowing is one of my favorites. It's how do you know what the difference is between what looks real and what is real? How do you know in the Spirit? Knowing, it's, this, it's an MP3 um, uh, it's very, very good. Actually, I remember doing that one at one of the churches in the Minneapolis area at one of the conferences I did, knowing, and, and just, is this just the name of it? Knowing. So check that out. It's not about thinking and No, it's not about feeling, no, and, but it's no. deep knowing in the spirit. Yeah, and, and so there's there's something for you to check out. And also check out the paradigm of spiritual warfare, which gives you the basic rules of the game, a paradigm of spiritual warfare. So God bless you guys, and uh We hope to um, be in your lives again soon. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
Because there's a war for your soul.